0: I wanted to say a big thank you to our sponsors. One of our sponsors is Shine Solutions Group. Shine Solutions Group is a technology consultancy that has been empowering their enterprise and government partners with pragmatic technology solutions for over 20 years. Learn more at shinesolutions.com. Also a big thank you to Stas giving you the power to know through innovative software and services, SAS empowers and inspires data advocates around the world to transform data into intelligence. Committed to diversity. Did you know about the Women in Analytics Network that they have? It's a SAS sponsored networking program aimed to strengthen diversity in the analytics field. Check it out in the show notes below. They're definitely committed to it as they're helping us with this diversity series, too. I also would like to tell you about Growing Data. Growing Data is a consultancy that helps organizations unlock the full potential of their data. They work with some of Australia's most successful organizations from finance, they work with people like ANZ Bank, through to biotechnology companies like CSL, and all the way to construction, working with companies like MetroCon. They help these and many more companies solve their most challenging data related problems in analytics, machine learning, data engineering, and data governance. While I was at ANZ Bank, I got the pleasure to work with the team at Growing Data, and I can tell you for a fact, they are top notch. I highly recommend Growing Data. Find out more at growingdata.com.au. Also, a big thank you to Talent Insights. Talent Insights are Australia's leading data specialist recruitment business. They are experts in recruitment strategy and delivery for analytics and data teams. They are the go-to recruitment business for all your data roles in Australia, and they can help both with permanent hires and short-term project-focused data resources. I've used Talent Insights in the past, and I've always found them fantastic to work with. Visit them at talentinsights.com.au. Hi and welcome to episode 12 of our diversity and leadership series. It's called Hashtag She Leads. We're doing this in partnership with She Loves Data. Uh, this is the last one of the series and oh, it's been such an amazing journey. Um, we've had fantastic guests, amazing co-hosts from She Loves Data. Um, the conversations have been super insightful extremely interesting Uh, at least i've I've found them like that i hope you have as well it's been interesting having a such a diverse set of guests and co-hosts that can help each person identify their blind spots and and see where they need to change their perspectives in order so we can all improve as leaders i think that these are the really important conversations that we should be having and that's what we wanted to to bring to you directly Today we cap off those discussions with another perspective uh, about resetting the future of work and how companies like TIPCO are leading the way in helping more workers cope with the current difficult times. Um, I'd like to welcome back Jana Marlieszczkowa. She is she loves data as co-founder, fearless MD. Yana, thank you again for your wonderful collaboration. I hope that this episode won't be the last. How, How are you doing?
1: I'm doing fine. Thank you for again having me for the last episode. I'm excited to talk to Alan and hear about all the interesting stuff that is ahead of us in this episode.
0: Amazing! And to welcome our special guest, Alan Ho. He is the senior director for global partnerships marketing at Tipco. Alan, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing?
2: I'm doing pretty well. Thank you for having me here today.
0: Fantastic. So I wanted to kick things off by asking about your um, little bit about your your role at Tipco, a little bit about yourself, um, and if you can you can tell us a little bit about your your background.
2: Sure. Um, so, hi everyone. I'm currently the uh, head of marketing for partner marketing globally. So, I basically look after all marketing matters with regards to uh, partners' uh, route to market. So, we, we basically look at uh, how do we support our partners, the ecosystem into um, into the market that we requires uh, partner collaboration. Um, I've been in IT sector, or rather the tech sector for the past 20 plus years. I, I, I came from many companies, um, you know, the largest open source company to the largest uh, semiconductor to to the leaders in VI, right? Uh, so I've been uh, in roles of uh, services, sales, and then uh, of course, for the past 10 years, my focus is actually on marketing. Um, I'm also an adjunct professor in uh, Singapore Management University, so I, I taught in uh, customer relationship uh, using analytics uh, with an Asian perspective, you know, and, and I'm, I'm actually truly happy, right, to be able to share my experience with the, uh, the next generation of workforce, right, uh, those who are looking forward to enter into the industry.
0: Amazing.
1: Alan, um, you've been working with Loves Data for such a long time and you've been diversity champion and ambassador for diversity, I would say. How did you even start with that? How did you move into that field and what made you to decide that supporting diversity is an important part of any profession or even life?
2: Well, to, to, to be honest, right. Uh, for the past twenty plus years, I've been holding roles, uh, regional role, right, for the whole Asia Pacific. So I travel quite a fair bit. You know, from, from what I have seen, right, um, especially when you go into countries that are uh, developed versus uh, uh, developing, I actually see a lot of uh, disadvantage. I wouldn't say disadvantage, or, or rather, lagger, right? Who who, who actually can play a bigger role in how Asia-Pacific transforms. You know, so, so through my career, uh, you know, as far back as, um, I would say 10 plus years ago, right, um, we, one, one of the things that I kind of pushing was, uh, how does open source uh, reduce the barrier of entry for technology for those who, who wants to go into this sector, right? Because uh, back in the past, when we talk about um Uh, accessibility, only those with uh, dollar and cents are able to access the latest and the greatest tech, right? Which itself is a barrier. So so for the past last five years working with uh, She Loves Data, you know, when I look at diversity, I'm not look, just looking at gender diversity, right? Uh, I'm also looking at cultural diversity. Um, I'm looking at um, uh, orientation diversity, and 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 so on and so forth, right? And and as much as I want to say that uh, Asia Pac do not have diversity issue, well, that's that's kind of not true. It's, it's only the degree of of of, <laughs> of diversity that's not in place, right? So Singapore tends to be uh, in better equipped. To handle it versus countries that have uh, a little bit of, of uh, challenges that are still still being faced today for those who are slightly disadvantaged. Right? So I really want to spend my time you know giving back uh, to to the society and, and see you know, what what can I do right in my capacity to support uh, to support those that require help
0: that's amazing that's um that's the best way to make change with the uh, coalition of the willing and and being able to bring different perspectives together which um yeah definitely alan you've done so so well um i wanted to to ask you about some of the the impact that this crazy year has had on on work and on technology and particularly the the adoption there was um uh, a lot of a lot of technologies over the last few years have been um Providing capabilities for people to, to you know work remotely and, and have sort of distributed teams uh, locally and globally, but that's been uh, definitely accelerated through uh, through this pandemic how um, how have you seen the changes that this year has brought on uh, in terms of accelerating the the use of these type of technologies? Um, what have you seen from your perspective and um, yeah can you share a bit of your thoughts on that side so
2: I, I think this this has basically brought forward digitization right uh, by by many years right um in fact i think it has impacted uh in such a great deal uh in countries that are not ready uh will we'll face a bigger challenge especially from a skill set perspective because uh usually uh what happened in the industry is you you need to look for an and significant event before the transition mm. the the industry transform right therefore if you look at banking sectors and you look at the tech sectors right it's always in the forefront with regards to adopting technology but if you look at other sectors right like manufacturing or even um, uh, textile you know fashion this does take time right especially to get people comfortable and get people to change however the pandemic has forced everybody to change all right uh change in the way that we work together change in the way that we communicate with others and change the way that we engage with our customers right and 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 this 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 is this is pretty mm. important in terms of survival right gone are the days that you say hey you know i got my small little kingdom sitting in a city i sell to my local audience right but if they don't walk into your store you who are you selling to? Yeah, right. So it's about expansion of market. It's about uh, when you are able to digitize. Are you able to reach out to new market that you are uh, you that you never thought of? Right. So I was. I would say this. Th- this is the year of change, and 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 we need to give everybody an equal opportunity. Or to for those who are willing to change, or those, for those who are willing to upscale. Uh, to learn about uh, tech, to to have the opportunity to actually ride on the wave, right, and and be part of the change. Now, the I, I was I will also say that um, you know for those who who are uh, 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 conserve, or, or rather uh, not do not know how to, these are the people that need help. Right, and these are the people that we, we we truly want to guide them along the way, and say, hey, you know, uh, let, let's with with no judgment, and with no uh, with no um, um, I would say concern or difficulty. Right, here is something that we we think that uh, it might support you in your journey to change, especially in the industry. You know? we can
0: That's a, that's a really, that's a really kind approach, um, that you, that you take. I really, I really like that. And I know that in so many, um, in so many communities, so many places, people have been talking about their new COVID skill and kind of like what, how they, you know, spend their time, um, what type of skills have they spent their time developing? And I think that when, when you have, um, you know, leaders such as yourselves, um, such as yourself, pushing the the message that that we have to welcome people from from all walks of life and being able to lower the barriers of entry to to um, to industries and, and uh, professional areas. That definitely makes makes a big difference.
1: So, Alan, um, what has been as well happening? And we've seen so many changes regarding the geek economy and geek workers there are so many people, including actually in my company, we are working with contractors to kind of identify the skills that we need um, in this particular times. And people wanna be a little bit more flexible. Uh, they wanna be working you know, remotely. And it, It's the new normal, uh, that's the standard now. But how do you view that uh, for a large organizations like you? Do you think this is the way to go? And do you think as well that the gig workers are going to be in a long term okay with their way of working remotely flexibly because they are kind of missing out on a certain promotions and benefits, but as well possibly on some kind of um, upskilling and promoting themselves within one organizations. What's your take on that?
2: Well, so so there's actually no no uh, right or wrong in in this sense. So from my perspective. Uh, we must recognize that the workforce has changed, right? The workforce from the young, the fresh grad, uh, or the, the, those in their early career versus those that's in, in the 40s, the 50s, right? Like myself, right, in, in the 40s. And, then the question will be, right, uh, what, is, what is in your life that actually matters, right? Uh, you know, the economy is, 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 is actually here to stay, right? Uh, it, it, it allows flexibility it allows a uh, company to be more nimble, right? On the, on the worker side, it also gives them more time. They get to do uh, more than what they are tied to, right? When, when you have a formal employer. So, so it, it is a win-win situation in that sense. However, I, I do think that uh, gig economy uh, does has its pro and con right you know as, as anyone who, who works and as they mature you start a family you, you start to have responsibility and this is where welfare of companies that that is provided to employee e actually matters right uh, you know as simple as a, 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 a health insurance right and, and these are pretty important if you have you know, if you, have, you have new family members right so so I think I think from a typical perspective, uh, it is a hybrid, right? There, there, there are things that we do uh, uh, contractually uh, through through freelancing uh, or subcontractors or contractors. Uh, and, and there are things that we, we hire, right? And, and it really depends on, uh, from an organization point of view, of whether uh, that, specifically, that specific skill set is critical, right? When it's critical, it tends to not have it on uh, i mean be the responsibility of a contractor whereas uh and and uh, and we do want to develop our own internal capability to to mitigate any any potential risk right um, but i i you know we 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 must we must remember you know digital nomad is here to stay
1: <laughs> so, I, I... So,
2: so so it is a new way of of working. And, and, yeah. uh, and we, we just have to embrace it
1: right. I definitely agree with you. and um, I think in the video that we will listen to a little later on uh, after our chat, um, Sarah talks about the new learnings and the new upskillings that you know it's about hiring individuals for their skill set rather than for career within the organization. So I think it's a complete cultural change of the mindset and uh, it allows as well organizations to be honest to hire the talent that is scarce specifically in technology field and data field you know across the globe suddenly the borders do not matter and suddenly we are able to actually work remotely and no one is asking about locations for some job descriptions that are out there specifically in technology so this is great it's a it's a good opportunity for everyone you know being hired across the globe
2: Exactly. I, I just have one point to add as well you know from a gig um, contractor perspective you know who has many experience in fact, as a company like us, we actually can tap on the mm-hmm. the wide spectrum of experience that this individual will get through his working experience with multiple uh people across uh or m- multiple employers right across the a- time spent, right? You know, especially when you talk about marketing, you know, I do want to hear, you know, what you do in this, uh, what is your experience here, what's your experience there, you know, how do you help me, right, from your collective knowledge that and experiences you have gained, right, from multiple uh, employer you work with. So it is beneficial.
0: That's, yeah, that's um, that's so true. And one thing that I found really interesting during, during this pandemic uh, is that, um, people have been moving away out of the cities. At least we, we've seen this in Australia that a big, big um, proportion of people have moved into rural areas since they've been able to do their work remotely. And and, and obviously people are hoping that this trend continues. I think it's the, it's the lifestyle Freedom and flexibility that a lot of a little workers have been uh, wanting uh, that that was kind of like forced uh, upon companies and and people are definitely taking advantage of that in in the case of of Tipco, did you guys see a either a change in approach from the company or an evolution in, in, in thinking or, or did you already have measures to allow people to, to work um, remotely to, to large degrees? Has there been many, many changes from a, from a geographical perspective as a result of, of uh, what we saw this year?
2: So, so to be honest, we, we, we do have a workforce that does work remotely, uh, even before the right. pandemic, right? I think the pandemic basically amplify, right, uh, why it is important. Uh, you know, uh, if, if we would have, uh, if everybody would have just, uh, is required to go to the office on a regular basis, uh, that typically will crippled the organization, mm-hmm. right, uh, to a certain extent. Uh, when when pan, when the pandemic hits, right, and 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 I think we we are better equipped uh, when when we need to when we, to handle such situation. Um, but but I I would say this, right? The the, the I have so, I read the 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 news about in Australia where where um people are beginning to feel frustrated. People mm. are beginning to feel uh, uh, it's like cabin fever, right? Uh, they they want they they suddenly have a required quiet sense of, of trying to figure out what is their purpose in life, right? Mm-hmm. And and I think this this pandemic has 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 put forward, right? Uh, the, the feeling of um you know what do you what do you do in, in your career, what do you do in your life. And, and that gets people to think about how they want their life post-pandemic going to be. Right. And and that will include, and I personally think so, will include a, a more balanced lifestyle mm. uh, than, than, uh, than what it was, right? Now, that doesn't mean I work less, but I think I will increase my emphasis on what matters to me, like, like, like championing this, this diversity cause. right? You know, because it, if I can do something more, why don't I do it? That, that's the question.
0: That's really great, and I think I think um following up um, from that, there's there's um um a lot of um, some leading organizations, kind of like the the World Economic Forum and the video that we'll hear later. They're saying that there's there's new imperatives of leadership that are required in this in this new world, and and I know that this is an area that you're also passionate about and have been you know thinking about. I wanted to ask you um, specifically about. A more human-centric leadership and how that can be brought to life and created as a culture within an organization. And if you see that as as one of the important pillars of this uh, post-pandemic world that we're hopefully will be going into soon.
2: So, so I, I don't think this is something new. I think it's an evolution of what has already been done in the past research, right? Uh, you know, there, there's always this this saying, right? You say if you keep your employee happy, the employee will serve the customer better and keep the customer happy, right? So, so, that there's a lot of paper, you know, academic paper written about it, right? And, and all this boils down to um, human-centric leadership because it's all about how you work with your employee, right, to develop a trust relationship, to build a culture that will serve the customer better right and and i think i think at the end of the day that the, the biggest challenge is is the measurement right um as as a corporate entity right you your, your stakeholders are the share shareholders as the biggest because, because uh, your responsibility is to devel- deliver shareholders value right if that is the case when what in, what line do you draw to say that, hey, you know, uh, there are certain things that we need to focus on, on revenue, right? And there are certain measurements we need to focus on employee satisfaction. Um, and I think a lot of company um, tends to fall short, right? In having an exact execution or, or, or they might be doing it, but there's no interlink, right? Mm-hmm. The dots are not connected, right? And, and, and this actually sometimes uh, deviated from, um, from this original intention. Um, I think, you know, for those who, who are encouraging in terms of uh, human centric uh, leadership, right, um, it is all about lead by example, right. Um, you know, we this this can never be a bottom up, right. Uh, I, I truly believe, right. Uh, if a company believes in it, it starts with the CEO, right. The CEO must enforce this down to his COO, CFO, CMO or the C-level, so that the whole organization structure can, can feel the, the, the cultural change, right, or the, the cultural requirement as an organization. So it is, it is important, and, and it will continue to play an important role.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. And when we're talking about culture, there is, a, as well, a culture to give back to the community. And uh, She Loves Data, TIPCO, and Singapore Management University put together amazing mm-hmm. initiative that is called Back, to Your, Back on Your Feet. And uh, I remember when we talked about it together with my colleague from She Loves Data, Nina, who's been critical as well to drive this project. Um, when we started to talk about it about three, four months ago, I felt like this is a, a, such an amazing way to change the way how to learn and upskill people. Because what we said is like, let's not do a webinar um, that is just about webinar, but let's do hands-on sessions. Let's do it with a very high quality of content. Let's get Professor Raphael from SMU, who is a amazing uh, advocate of uh, data visualization, uh, dashboarding, who's an expert in uh, business intelligence. And let's put together a program that will give back to the community, but not only the learning, but as well certification. And that was critical to give to people to their hands something that they can then, you know, use in our interviews and have something that they can tangibly show that, hey, I've learned something. How did it all start? Tell our listeners about your view on this amazing initiative. And it started with like 500 people being registered uh, last weekend.
2: Well, uh, myself and uh, Professor Rafael from uh, Singapore Management University has been friends for a long time, right? And and we have constantly been debating how do we reduce the barrier of entry, right? so, so from my perspective, uh, I, I do see two, two uh, important goals, right? One is to reduce the barrier of entry. And two is to create a non-judgmental environment that uh, anyone can feel comfortable in and out without disclosure, right? Uh, what they're doing, how they want to do, you know, and, and so that they are comfortable to learn and ask questions. So when when uh, when I approach Sheila's data, right, you know, uh, your 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 mandate of supporting the female community plus non-female the mules, and everybody else, right, actually resonate to me pretty well, right. And I say, hey, you know, we, we have a community that is driving the cost. right. We have the university that provide high quality uh, material. And, and Tipco is willing to, to kind of support it from a software usage perspective, right? And say, hey, we give you a year, free use of the software, all right? Go and do magic with it, right? And, and, and it is a learning journey. You know, uh, if you go to any training courses, what, what tends to happen is you, you attend a two-day course. you cram all the way in, right? You're supposed to ingest it in a, in a quick manner. And you're supposed to quickly try to do something about it. Three weeks later, if you stop using it, you'll forgot that you'll forget about it, All right? And you kind of like go back to, to your work desk and they go say, oh, what have I learned? Hmm. This is where, where the problem starts to, to arise, right? Such training doesn't work. It must have a collaboration element. It must have the community element. It must have material that actually support uh, the whole notion of uh, to, to be neutral, All right? You learn dashboarding, you're not learning the tool. The tool is just a means to, to an end, right? Where where, where, where we provide uh, you and an and opportunity to learn, right? So I'm, I'm actually pretty glad, uh, you know, we, we we can help in this, right? I'm pretty happy that, you know, I'm pretty surprised that you did the first run, we've done much uh, promotion, we got 500 registration. And in fact, uh, when I heard... Uh, from uh, we accepted three hundred and twenty, and the rest went on with list. And I hear from Professor Rafael. and he was saying that actually almost three hundred up. So we have a dropout rate about nineteen out of, of three hundred and twenty, and that's unheard of from a marketing yep. perspective. Yeah,
0: yeah, it is. It's such an amazing um, initiative, and and you know, it's it's so inspiring to to hear um, what what you've done. I wanted to ask you: do you have do you have any any lessons for other other people or other organizations that might want to do something similar or um what what advice could you could you give around you know making these types of initiatives um happen in the and bring them bringing them to life in in the real world i'm sure it would have taken a lot of uh, background work from your side and a lot of preparation um so i wanted to dig into that a little bit more Sure. You
2: know, personally, I think uh, being, being authentic is actually one of the most important requirements when you come to such initiative, right? Uh, you know, uh, a, lot of, a lot of people will comment, hey, is this marketing? Personally, you know, uh, working with uh, Yana and Nina, right? Together with Professor uh, Raphael, To me, the, the, it's not about the branding of, of Tipco. It's about what do you really want to give back to the society, right? So if you if you are being authentic of the outcome that you want, the, the, the sky is the limit, right? And, and and you are able to actually develop a meaningful program, right? Um, the, the second thing is, is um, we, we should never do hit and run, right? Uh, especially when it comes to supporting the community or to support uh, a, a, a journey, especially a transformation journey, right? Um, you know, so, so the, the intent is really uh, to have at least a perspective of what's going to happen in the one, two years uh, time frame, right? Truly be truthful to yourself and say, hey, I want to help and, and three, you know, roll up your sleeve and do it. Don't wait. <laughs> Walk the talk. Walk the dog. exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. Look, Alan, having a male alliance, having all-inclusive um, teams, support teams for all those initiatives um, is very important. What would you say to other uh, male leaders or any leaders, in fact, to encourage them to take on uh, community-based activities, giving back, you know, supporting other people out there, they're upskilling, so they are relevant, they are building the future-proofed uh, uh, careers. What would you say, from your perspective, is important? And where do you even start?
2: Well, personally, it's, it's still about authenticity, right? Uh, it's about what, what you really want in your heart, right? That, that you want to do. I, I think this uh, from, a, from a male, male perspective, right? Um, it's, it's all about being ju- non-judgmental, right? Uh, being being understanding, right? Um, you know, no one's no one's no one no one sits in my my chat sit and say, hey you no know, Ellen, you should do this, you should do that. So why should you be the one doing that for others, right? So so it's all about uh, listening and, and willing to support, right? I, I think especially from a community perspective, being a community, you will have a very diverse opinion right? And, and sometimes this opinion does not uh, resonate with you. It doesn't mean that you stop. What you do is agree to disagree, agree that this is important, and agree that the outcome is positive. Do it, right? You, you don't have to be right all the time, right? And, and so, so, so my, my view to, to all the leaders out there, right? Um, first of all, you, you must believe in it, right if, if you wake up in the morning and say, "Oh, today is too tired, I'm going to drop it." Mm. <laughs> there <you> go hmm. <laughs> I, I hope that is not the case, but uh, you should always wake up, wake up and say, "Hey, I'm ready to go, right and, and, and this is where you will truly bring value to the community that you're supporting right?
0: That's amazing, and how, how do you um, how have you been able to I guess look within yourself and find the the initiatives uh, that you believe in um, strongly enough to to be able to drive them um, like that. Because I I I I think that people um, sometimes that's something that that people find that they're missing. That they might they might want a different uh, the world to work differently, and they they are interested in things, but but having the, the perseverance and the tenacity that, that you've demonstrated, where, where does that uh, come from for you? And, and how do you think it could, um, other people could find it within themselves or, or develop it? So,
2: so I think for, 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 my, uh, for my case, right, um, it's, it's actually my life experience that leads me towards it, right? Uh, it's my experience in school, my experience uh, traveling across uh, the world, Right, uh, with emphasis in Asia Pacific, you know, uh, I, I go to countries like Vietnam, you know, Philippines. I travel to run marathons around the world, right? Wow. And uh, And and some of the some of the races brought me through villages, and and when I look at it, you, you cannot imagine, right? Um, here we are, dressing up in full high tech running gear, very nice two X. Well, I should not give any brand a uh, 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 promotion here, right? A uh, Very nice compression tights, you know, very expensive uh, hydration vest. And you run up the hill and, and right beside you is this small little kid. Looks like it's like five years old, pretty small, barefooted, running up with you. And, and you look at the, the smile on your face and say, hey, you know, they are actually happy, right? Despite not having what What I have in Singapore or, or what many of us have mm-hmm. uh, in in the cities that we live in right and, and that gives you, and that makes me wonder right does does this kid actually has, has an equal opportunity right to to make it right and 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 it always saddens me when when I see how um, how we we tend to be wasteful, mm-hmm. uh unappreciative of of the environment that we are in. And 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 here we are. Is is this barefooted kid, you know, running beside me in my hundreds of dollars of running gear? Right. This is just, just mind blowing, right? So so the inspiration is for me is from my life experience, right? And and, and because of what I've seen, um, I tend want to do a little bit more, right? And hopefully I am doing a good job at it, right? Or rather, definitely. some contribution. <laughs> no,
0: definitely, big contribution, and I love, I love that that perspective. I love that approach. That is that is fantastic, and I think, Alan, that is an amazing uh, note to to end this section on. Um, uh, for the people listening, please stick around. We have. Uh, a pre-prepared interview with uh, Sarah Tu. She's a fellow at the World Economic Forum focusing on the future of work and how we can prepare ourselves for that. So we continue the, the topic. But at this point, I want to say thank you so much, Alan. That was uh, extremely, extremely inspiring and insightful. And, and I love your perspectives. And thank, thank you so much for, for sharing them with us today. and. Yana, this has been such an amazing journey. I, um, I hope that we can continue uh, with, with some other idea. This has been, you know, a first for us and, and we've loved uh, the partnership that we've had um, with, Dara, with She Loves Data and Data Futurology has been phenomenal. Thank you as well.
1: Thank you so Thank much. You. It has been amazing. Uh, amazing opportunity to actually talk to so many um, diverse and different leaders not only about tech but about inspiring stories like Alan's story Uh, because uh, it's been we are really grateful to have partners like you and we hope that we will do many more things together in 2021 thank you so much
2: thank you for having me